Well, amen and amen. If you got a Bible, turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning a new series this morning uh, entitled Jesus Over Everything. Jesus Over Everything. Here, here's the question today, church, and we'll just jump right in. Hey, is Jesus first place of your life? Uh, is he over everything in your life? Right. What has right uh, top priority? What has preeminence? Who has preeminence uh, in your life? Is it Jesus? Is it Jesus? Uh, and the book of Colossians, we're going to see that Paul writes uh, uh, this letter to uh, this church, right? Uh, you know, these Christians that are in this area here, uh, looking to encourage them to make Jesus the top uh, priority in their life. A little background uh, of the book of Colossians, right? Uh, uh, this book of Colossians here, you know, it's written to uh, Christians in this region known as Colossae, this church that started up uh, as a result of uh, Paul's ministry in uh, Ephesus, right uh, there in the first century. Folks were getting saved left and right, and the gospel was spreading throughout that whole region. And so we see other Gentile Christians come uh, to know him. But here's the thing, Paul never started the church himself. Matter of fact, Right. The setting in which Paul is writing this letter, he is locked up in jail in a Roman uh, prison. He never met the uh, Colossian church, never met the Christians that were there. You know, doesn't know really anything about them, uh, but he knows their faith and he knows what's going on there. And he writes this letter to look to essentially combat Right. Uh, some false teaching that was going on there at that time. There were uh, some folks that were sneaking into the life of the church that were, you know, teaching a few different things. Right. Uh, a mixture of Eastern mysticism. Right. Eastern philosophy, along with, you know, Jewish uh, legalism following these rules, in particular, these law, these dietary laws, these Old Testament laws that were there. Right. And in doing so, those were the folks that were really saved. They those were the people that had this hidden knowledge. You'll see. And you've probably heard a word uh, uh, known as uh, uh, Gnostics or Gnosticism. Right. Literally means hidden knowledge. Uh, There are these people that believe that, hey, if you follow this way, man, they were the ones that that were truly enlightened, that truly believed the Lord. But what Paul is looking to share and encourage and I hope is an encouragement to us that, hey, as Acts 412 says, there's. No one, no other name uh, under heaven by which man can be saved other than Christ Jesus. He is the only way and he ought to be first uh, in our life. And so we see here, right, uh, a lot of uh, what we call Christology, theology on Christ is going to be talked about as we walk through this book. Right. Uh, we see a little bit of soteriology, what, what it looks like to be saved, what it means to be saved. We'll, we'll see that here uh, as well. Uh, but we also see Paul encourage the Colossian church. Hey, because, you know, Jesus Hey, look to continue to walk in him. Uh, One of my favorite verses in all the scripture, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you uh, receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and built up and established in the faith. Uh, And that's the encouragement he looks to give. And my hope is that it encourages us as well. And so uh, let's jump right in. Colossians chapter one. Starting in verse 1, and we're going to read through verse uh, 14. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And if you don't have a Bible with you, it's all good. The verses will be on the screen here, and so you can follow along. But this is what the word of the Lord says. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. To the saints and faithful brothers, and we can add in there, and sisters, 
Right. That's the Irvin Wasser translation. But they speaking to the sisters as well. Sister saints, brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God, our father. Verse three. We always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of this, you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing as it does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. Many believe, by the way, in verse 7 there, Epaphras was the one that helped start the church. He was one of the guys that got saved in Colossae and ended up starting the church. Let me go ahead and throw this in free of charge. I've said it, I've said it before, Brother Rick. I'll say it again. Hey, you don't need to be a, a, a pastor or have a doctor in front of your name to do ministry. Hey, this dude, Epaphras, man, was just the guy that was there, ended up getting saved, and God ended up using him to help start this uh, church in Colossae. And he was a key component in the ministry that was there. And so just a friendly reminder for us in here, hey, all of us are called, right, to be a part in this work. You may not be called to uh, vocational ministry, but hey, everybody in here, man, is called to be a minister in their vocation, in their place. Man, we're all called, man. Uh, to serve the Lord. And you don't need to be a pastor, man, to be a part of his work. Let's keep going. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. May that be, man, our heart's desire to walk in a manner fully pleasing to him, worthy of the Lord. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Then verse 13, he has delivered us, hallelujah, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Won't we pray together? Lord God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. Ask and pray this morning, um, Lord, that you would uh, continue to meet with us here. Lord, as we walk through this new series on the book of Colossians, Lord, help for us to be folks that desire to walk in a manner worthy of you, Lord. God, because you have delivered us from the domain of darkness, Lord, we thank you. Thank you. And God, I pray that we'd be folks that walk in a manner worthy of him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've entitled the message today simply this, Partners in the Faith. Partners in the Faith. I'll start out with a story here. I remember um, 
end of high school, whenever I graduated, uh, you know, we had the summer camps with the youth group, been a Christian for, you know, a couple of years at that point. We go to this summer camp in South Texas called Camp Eagle, and uh, it was totally different than any other camp that I'd ever been to, right? It was one of those wilderness camps, man, where we did a lot more hiking than I wanted to, wanted to do, right? We did a lot less eating than what I wanted to do, right, at camp. It was a struggle. Uh, but one of the key components of the camp was uh, the, t- the team building within the youth group. And so I was pretty excited about that. So we do all these different games where we look to, you know, uh, 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 accomplish a task together as a team. Right. But here's the thing. Right. The group leaders, the camp leaders would always look to try and throw a caveat, Brother Dwayne. And usually I was involved in that caveat. So we're looking to achieve, you know, this maze and man, me being super competitive meant I want my group to be the first ones finished. I'm, I'm trying to win, I'm trying to win. And so we're getting ready to do this game. And then all of a sudden they say, all right, Irv, hey, uh, you can't speak. You're mute during this game. And I'm thinking, what, what is that? We definitely ain't going to win now. You know, these folks don't know what to do. I'm just letting it being real, just letting you in my head. I'm like, man, I'm thinking I'm the only one that can help. And so, man, it was game after game. It was something like that. All right, we're getting ready to start. Hey, Irv, you're blind now. You can't see. You can't. I'm like, what? And so I had to learn, right, how to, I mean, be a good teammate or a good partner, even though, man, I was not able to do some of the things I I wanted to do in that point in time. So I learned how to just, you know, be encouraging, right? I'd give one of those. Man, if someone accomplished something, give one of those MJ fist bumps, Brother Tony. You know, whenever they accomplished something, you know, I'd clap. You know, I couldn't yell, but, man, I'd get super excited, right? And I saw the morale of uh, the team uh, boost, right? Because I I wanted to be a good partner, right? I needed to help. Even though I couldn't do what I wanted to do, man, I, I still had to contribute, right, and help out. Uh, the team accomplished their goal. And, and in the same way, listen, this, this is exactly what we see Paul do right here uh, in the book of Colossians. Like I said, he is locked up in a Roman jail, right? He's in a place where he doesn't want to be. Man, he doesn't know if he's going to live. He doesn't know when his last, last breath is going to be, right? But he hears about what's going on in uh, this church. Man, these folks are growing in the Lord. Things are great, but there's crises that has invaded the area. And so Paul, man, he, he figures... Listen, I don't know these people, but I'm called to be a good partner in the faith to them. And so, man, I'm going to write and share some encouragement with them. Look to uplift them, build them up, to serve them in a way. And in the same way, church, that's what we're called to do here. Listen, the Christian life, like I said, it's not like I've said before, it's not, you know, a one man band or a one woman band. Hey, your life is not just about you anymore. Whenever you came to Christ, it's not about you. Man, it's about us. It's about us. And and for us in here, like the call for us is to be folks that are partners in the faith, looking to build up one another, encourage one another, spur, like the, like the word says, spur one another on to love and good deeds. Encourage each other to continue to walk in this manner worthy of the Lord. And that's exactly what Paul does here, man. We see that he is a good partner in the faith. You may ask, Pastor Irv, how is he a good partner in the faith. How are we called to be good partners in the faith? Well, I'm glad you asked. We see two ways here, right? Within this uh, uh, really long sentence versus, you know, one through 14 is just one long sentence that Paul writes to uh, uh, the people in Colossae. We see, man, two ways, right, that Paul is a good, uh, in, in, you know, partner, but also ways that we can be good partners as well. Uh, the first way is this. It's on the screen. How are we to be a good partner? Hey, number one, man, we ought to choose to be people that show love to the family by encouraging them. 
show love to the family by encouraging them. That's what verses three through eight talk about. Paul's like, man, we can't help but man, thank God every time we think about you because of all the ways that you're living for Christ because of your faith. Right. As new believers in him, we can't help but encourage him. And he encourages them right by saying that that their faith has been exhibited in love. Right. It says that here. Go back to the text. Verse four. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. Man, their faith was exhibited, right? Their faith, they showed that they were Christians that were maturing, right? Because of the love that they have for the Lord and for one another. And so Paul couldn't help, man, but to thank them for that. But also, man, he couldn't help but to show love by encouraging them, by sharing uh, of the fact that their faith was rooted in hope. Rooted in hope. And he encouraged them in that. Man, hey, listen, you guys understand this blessed hope that you have. You understand that, hey, even though, man, you're in a circumstance right now, it's okay because God is greater. And, man, hey, the the future's bright. I've heard it said before, man, hey, you know, uh, for the Christian, right, man, the the next step or the, the, uh, you know, the, the future, man, is always greater because of what lies ahead for us. They understood where their hope lied. And, man, they walked in. That hope. They understood that though the oceans roared, man, they knew that their life was in God. And so they could walk in him. And so we see Paul show love, man, to these saints. And we're called to do the same way, man. Do the same thing. Show love by encouraging folks. Think about it, Brother Demetrius. Like I said, this dude Paul is locked up in jail. He's in jail in Rome. He doesn't know when his last last breath is. He doesn't understand. And he seeks to encourage these Christians that he doesn't even know. If anyone had an excuse, man, to just hear it. Oh, you ready? If anyone had an excuse just to simply mope, right, or, 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 or bellyache or complain about their situation, it was Paul. But, man, he chose to encourage these saints that he didn't even know. And the call for us is to do the same. If, if we're to be real today, man, that's, that's a tough thing to do with. Tough thing to do. Because, again, man, hey, we, we a lot of times and I know I, I fall victim of this, man. We struggle with thinking, hey, man. Listen, I got to make sure that I'm good. Hey, if things aren't good in my life, what does it look like for me to encourage, man, those folks that are doing well? I'm struggling. I need to encourage them. But the call for us, man, is to show encouragement. God's really working on that in my life. Again, you know, personal illustration, man, God's working on that in me. You know, as I talk about often, love to go to, you know, one of the gyms here in town, play a little ball. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's it's a good time. You know, the competition varies. I'm glad that we're in the fall now because all the kids that play college ball have moved back to college. So, so you know, so, you know, now, you know, I, hey, you know, I'm not getting ran off the court, you know. Uh, but uh, one of the ways that the Lord is working, you know, working, working this in me is, man, whenever we're playing, obviously, man, we play to win, you know. Uh, losing is not fun, but obviously there's going to be times when you lose. We play, we end up losing, right? And one of the toughest things to do, and those who play ball, my boy Evans in the house, you understand this. One of the toughest things to do is, man, is sit on the bench and wait, man, for the next time to go on the court, right? And what God has been encouraging me to do, you know, is whenever we're playing, man, I'm waiting a couple, you know, rounds before I get on there and someone makes a good play and they look at me, right? You know, as if they want to get some kind of encouragement from me on that, you know. And I'm thinking, man, I ain't trying to encourage you. I'm sitting on the bench waiting, you know. But man, God's man and saying, hey, hey, Irv, this, this is a ministry for you. 
that's a way that you can step in and, and encourage them. That, that person, hey, man, hey, that, that's a good play, man. Hey, wait, wait a hoop, man. Even though it's a struggle, because like I said, I'd rather be out there. Man, that's a way to show encouragement to And in the same way, hey, listen, we're called, man, to be folks that choose to step in and encourage the saints. Hey, even though we may not be in the best of circumstances, we're called to be folks that encourage the saints. Because here's what happens. Can I just go ahead and be real? Here's what happens. What what can happen is, and social media, man, you know, is, is a big reason for this. What can happen is, right, we end up forgetting that we're called to be people, right, that encourage and cheer on the saints. And we begin to live with this mentality that we're called to be in competition against them. And that, that's not that's not the word here. We're on the same team in Christ. We're part of the same family in Christ. Hey, the, the enemy is the devil, man, not not those that are in, here in the room. And so the call for us, man, is to be folks that encourage one another. So what does that look like? When's the last time? Hey, when's the last time that you've stepped in, man, and encouraged that fellow saying in the room? That other believer. Right. Even though, man, your life may be in a mess. When's the last time when God led you to step in and encourage them? Man, you stepped in and done that. And by the way, hey, in order to do that, you got to be in community. And so what that looks like is getting connected with folks that are in here. We're called to be folks that show love man, by encouraging the saints. I love this quote from Warren Wearsby. Says this, the Christian who walks with the Lord. And keeps constant communion with him. We'll see many reasons for rejoicing and thanksgiving all day long. That's the key at the end of the day, man. To not live in competition with one another, man. Is, is walking with God. That's how you're able to encourage. Man, even though you don't feel like it. Man, it's staying close to him. Hey, that's how, that's how you're able to work through, man, this... Uh, um, uh, this envious attitude, right? This person, you know, whatever they have that you don't have or whatever season of life they're in that you're not in, right? That's how you're, that's how you're able to work through it and still encourage anyway. And it's by staying close to him. I understand it's hard. But, man, the call for us, man, to, it, to be partners in the faith, man, is to step in man, and show love to the saints by encouraging them. That's what Paul did. We see that, number one. Number two, we see... This, right, the second way that we are partners in the faith, right, is this. We choose to serve the family by praying for them. Choose to serve the family by praying for them. Paul encourages them in verses 3 through 8. We talked about that there, how he did that, right? He shares in verse 7, man, about how, man, they're walking in faith, right, that what Epaphras had taught them, right, the gospel that he shared, folks were receiving it, man, and walking it out, sharing with others, and then, in, and then in verse 9, look what it says. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. And then he goes on, man, into specifics about the prayer that he gives there. In the jail cell that Paul was in, man, he chose to pray for the folks. Chose to pray for them. And that's the call for us in this room as well, man, is to choose to pray for one another. And by the way, the goal of his prayer is, verse 10, man, he's praying that they would continue to grow spiritually. Yes, it's good to pray over, man, the, the needs and the struggles that we may have in here. But, man, Paul's prayer was was uh, deep. He was he was praying that the Lord, man, would grow these folks in the grace and knowledge of him. Grow them to maturity. And that's the call for us as well. Though Paul wanted to be there, right, with 
those Christians, man, in Colossae and encouraged them. He knew that he couldn't, so he decided to do the best thing, which was pray for them. And I'm not going to lie, Brother Ross, man, I, I've been convicted of that person. Can I just be honest with you? I've been convicted of that. I was walking in the neighborhood actually yesterday, right? Uh, um, you know, I, I called, I think, our, our children's minister um, over at Sango. We was talking about some children's stuff and uh, and was walking around. And I told her, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm currently on my quote unquote old man walk. You know, I had played ball Friday. There were folks that wanted to play against Saturday. I said, man, I can't do back to back anymore, Brother Dwayne. You know, man, I got to that ripe old age of 30, you know, Brother Chris, and I just can't do it. <laughs> uh, and so I was on my walk down the neighborhood and uh, and just kind of thinking, praying for this morning. And, man, the Lord really convicted me, you know. Um, maybe you're like me and you struggle, even though you may not admit it, you struggle With thinking that, man, you are the quote unquote savior of that person or that family member or that individual. You may say, Pastor Irv, I've never really thought of that. And in my time with the Lord, right, the Lord revealed, yeah, you might have not thought of that. But the way that you pray, it it indicates that you do struggle with it. Listen, here's the reality. Prayer ought to be the first thing that we do. Right. Prayer ought to be the first ministry to that person or those people right in our life. And in the context here, man, prayer ought to be the first ministry to the saints here. I know we want to share truth and, you know, and encourage. Yes, we, we do that. But, hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they don't need Pastor Irv. They, they don't need you. That Man, they need Jesus. And so we take them to him first in prayer. And that's what Paul did, man. He took these Colossian Christians to the Lord in prayer. First and foremost, because he understood, hey, like I said before, hey, God can do more in a moment than we can do in a lifetime. And so he took him to the Lord in prayer. How, what, what, uh, how did he pray? Right. We'll walk through uh, the, the prayers that he prayed here and just good encouragement to us, by the way. Right. Uh, you know, by the way, greatest way to pray is to pray the scriptures. Uh, and so these are good practical prayers that we can pray over those that are, uh, you know, that are believers in our life. Right. This is the way that he chose to pray. Number one, man, he prayed uh, uh, that the church at Colossae, man, would have godly wisdom. Man, he he gave prayers for godly wisdom in the context of what was going on there. Right. They needed wisdom on how to navigate through some of this false teaching that was seeping into the life of the church. And so he asked the Lord to give them wisdom right on how to do that. Right. He asked to give them wisdom on how to move forward, wisdom and direction right about the future. There are people in your life, maybe you yourself, man, that are struggling with what's next in your life. Hey, man, take them to the Lord, man, and ask for him to give wisdom to them. All right, man, pray Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, man, that they trust in the Lord, man, with all their heart. Man, he gave prayers for godly wisdom. Secondly, right, he gave prayers for continued growth. We see that in verse 10, man. He asked for the Lord, man, to continue to bear fruit in their life. Right? He, he asked for them to, you know, to, to uh, continue to move forward, man, and, and walking with the Lord, growing in Him. They, they, he asked that God would continue to do a work in their life and they'd see more folks come to know Him. Hey, that's not a selfish prayer, by the way. We, we want to see people saved. We want to see people grow in Him. We want to see people mature in Christ. And so, man, we ought to take folks to prayer and ask for God to do that. We know that, hey, 
some plant, some water, but God is ultimately the one that gives the growth, man. And so, man, we take him to the Lord and ask, man, for God to give the growth in their life. And we ought to do that, man. We ought to ask that ourselves, but ask that for those, our fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. Man. Here's reality, man. I don't want any of us to be in the same place that we were a year ago in our walk with Jesus. I don't want to be in the same place I was a year ago. And so we ought to take it to the Lord in prayer, knowing that he's the one that gives growth. And by the way, can I go, go ahead and throw this in free of charge, too? Some of us in here, again, struggling with that savior complex. Hey, we can't manipulate growth in the lives of other people. Can't manipulate growth in our own life. That's why we got to take, man, take him to the Lord in prayer. And so, man, we ought to ask for the Lord, man, for continued growth in the life of those that are around us. Then thirdly, we see here, man, he asked, he gave prayers for them to be strengthened by God. Strengthened by him. Verse 11 speaks to that. He he. he Offers up prayers for them, man, to be able to have the strength to combat, man, some of this false teaching that was going on. Strength to, to not fall away right into this uh, alluring or attractive new faith, right? This thought that, hey, man, we've got this inner knowledge that you can believe, man. Hey, you can be a part of the cool kids if you believe in this. And he asked that God would strengthen them and help them to continue to move forward in Jesus. Man, I believe he probably prayed. I, I don't know, just conjecture, but one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 12, too, man, pray that Colossian church would remember, man, what Isaiah said. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Man. We ought to pray that our folks in here would be strengthened by God, because, hey, we hey, we know life is tough. I know, man, there's several of you that, man, did everything they could just to get here. Or whether it be through the blessing, you know, hey, blessings of life, man, having kids. But the reality of, man, that is it, it's a struggle sometimes. Whether it's a certain circumstance you're going through in your life. I know it, hey, it, life can be difficult in him. But, man, our prayer for each other ought to be that we'd be strengthened, man, by the Lord to continue to move forward. Even though we get tired, man, hey, we know the God of all strength, of all might, who's able, man, to strengthen us. Then fourthly, right, verses 12 through 14, man, he offers up prayers for them to be reminded of the goodness of God. I'm going to read Verses 12 through 14, one more time. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah, man. We, hey, we have this inheritance that we've talked about before that we can share in now in Christ. If you're in him, doesn't matter color of skin, doesn't matter gender, where you came from, man, hey, able to share in this inheritance. Verse 13, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us. To the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul, man, is encouraging them in this prayer, man, to, to remember what Jesus did. Hey, that new philosophy could, couldn't do that. That new philosophy couldn't deliver them from the domain of darkness. Didn't deliver them from the domain of darkness. Hey, man, hey, that, that new phone or that new relationship, that new job. Hey, that new thing in your life. Hey, listen, it, it, it can't deliver you. And only Jesus can. And he did. 
He redeemed us, man, brought us back to him. And so, man, may we never forget the goodness of God. We ought to pray that the fellow saints don't forget it either. Man, he lifts up that prayer to remind them of that. Listen, we ought to be partners in the faith by choosing to be folks that serve the family by praying for them. When's the last time you prayed for a fellow brother and sister in Christ? Again, man, this is convicting for me. A lot of times I just want to, hey, I just I want I want to solve the, the problem myself, answer it myself. Hey, use the wisdom I have, Pastor Greg, so, quote unquote. But man, what God's trying to teach me is, hey, man, my first ministry to the people ought to be to take them to the Lord in prayer. And the same thing ought to be for us and partners in the faith. I read this story, Brother Caesar, uh, about it was the summer of 1904 um, in St. Louis. There was a world market that was going on and hot day in St. Louis at that time. And there were obviously different stands set up. Right. I guess, you know, the, the, the you know, 1900s version of, you know, food trucks at that time. Right. And folks were lining up, man, to and fro to come and get uh Ice cream from uh, this man named Arnold, right, that he had made. But here was the problem. You know, he ran out of bowls, right, to put the ice cream in. And so he was in a mess, man. Again, he's in St. Louis, man. It's hot there, you know. Only real thing that was going good for them, you know, was the fact that they had ice cream. You know, it gets hot over there. St. Louis Cardinals baseball team's there. So that's, you know, it's a mess in and of itself, you know. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to say that. That slipped my mind. Slipped out of my mind. My bad, Brother Tony. Uh, so, man, they were in a mess. It was a struggle. Struggle. But he discovered that there was a man right next to him named Ernest who was set up that had a sort uh, had created a sort of Persian wafer dessert. Um, and he was struggling to sell that. And so they began talking and he realized, man, I can... Make this Persian wafer dessert into a, a cone-shaped deal. And maybe we can scoop the ice cream on it, put it on there. And maybe it'll hold and we can give it out. So they began doing that. And it sold like hotcakes. And at that moment, right, began, right, the selling of, uh, man, cone ice cream. Wafer cone ice cream at that point in time. Right, because two guys, hey, decided that they were gonna, hey, they were gonna partner together, man, in accomplishing a task. Right to sell, man, their stuff. Say, Pastor, why do you share that odd story there? I share it because this, man, we see the power of folks that choose to be partners in the faith. Hey, listen, when we choose to partner together. You may not even know the person that you're sitting next to. But if you chose, man, to be a partner in the faith, man, and look to speak to them, encourage them. Man, get their name and pray over them. Man, God could do a work. Hey, if you chose to be a partner and look to connect with that person, hey, can I be real with you? If you chose, man, to make, right, your Christian life or, or, or make... Uh, your journey with Christ more than just a Sunday where you come and just simply observe and then leave. If you chose, man, to step in and partner with 
your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, man, hey, God's going to do work. And you may say, how do we know that, man? We see it here in Colossae. See it here in Colossae. And so, hey, let, let me encourage you. Hey, let us be partners in the faith. Hey, those of us that have been here, right, we're talking about celebrating two years in the building. We got folks in here that have been with us two years. Man, hey, listen, y'all take charge, man, and stepping in and meeting that new person. Man, connecting them, getting their name and saying, hey, I'm going to pray for you this week. Hey, those that have been here for a while, hey, look to connect with that person you may not met before. And man, say, hey, look, man, I want to encourage you, man. Thanks for coming here today. Start there. But hey, listen, let's be partners in the faith. Be partners in the faith.